and good morning. It is wonderful to see everybody. It's wonderful to see everybody here this morning. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to sing the doxology number 549.
go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you give us this wonderful opportunity to come and worship you together as one body of believers in Jesus Christ. And God, even though our journeys have been different, in one accord we come before you just as we are. Lord, you know of the challenges that we have. You know of the difficulties that we face. And God, we just call upon you right now that you would just bless this time that we have. And Lord, as we come before you with the needs and requests in our lives, that we would always look for your will in everything that we do. And God, we know that it is a challenge. Many times we have our questions. But it is always our hope and prayer that we would find your will in all of those things that are taking place in our lives because we do want to put our trust and faith in you. Lord, we think of the needs of friends and of family members, of needs of fellow patients here throughout this medical center, of the needs of the staff that are working here today, of the families that are visiting or that will be visiting today. Lord, we lift them up to you all in prayer. We'd ask that as they come, they would see the treatment that their loved ones are receiving, that they would understand that our staff is doing the best that they can. But most importantly, Lord, we want you to remind them always of the presence of your Holy Spirit in their lives, and that as they are facing these trials, God, that you are walking side by side with them. And Lord, we are so glad that you do hear our requests that you do hear all of our individual prayers as we pray them together. And Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 458, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Number 458, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross.
found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also a completion, this act of grace, on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relived while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that, in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have been blessing us this morning already by the hymns that we have sung, the scriptures that we have read, the prayers that we have offered, the fellowship that we have had. And I'd ask God that you would just help me to say those things that are on your heart 
through me that all of our lives may be enriched in one accord as we always desire to worship you in all things. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. You know, last week, uh, Lynn and I took some time away, and uh, it was kind of interesting because we actually spent some days together, which we normally don't do, and I was actually asking her, how are you doing getting along with me, because you have to see me all the time, right? You know, we were hanging out together just about almost 24 hours a day, so it's like, are we, are we getting along? You know, it's kind of a way to test the relationship, is can you... I don't want to say stand with that person, but can you be with that person for a lengthy period of time? And Do you still enjoy each other's company? And I would have to say the answer to that question, at least today, is yes, that we, still stand, we can still stand each other and we can still get along with each other and we still like each other. In fact, in conversations we have, I don't ask her if she still loves me. I ask her if she still likes me. <laughs> Because really, you have to have like before you can have love. So I go to the basis point there about, can you, do you still like me? So that's important. But one of the things that uh, we came across as we were enjoying our time together is we, I came across an article uh, in a magazine, and it talked uh, the whole idea about how to be a good leader and the desire for people to want to follow you as a person. And so I'll be talking about that article for the next couple of weeks and the different concepts that, were in, that was in that article. And the first concept was the whole idea of caring. The whole idea of caring that the person that people want us to be, if you will, is someone that cares for them. And that's one of the first qualities, whether it's in leadership or whether it's in your own personal relationships, do you care for the other person. In fact, the article went on to talk about the actual Greek word of what caring means, or the idea of care, and it has to do with selflessness. So the translation in terms of the Greek would actually be selflessness. So are you a person that exhibits selflessness in the way that you care for others? And as I was looking for the scriptures and trying to figure out a good set of scriptures to use to talk about caring and the whole idea of caring and sharing together, the idea of selflessness, I came upon this portion of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where it is being expressed about the caring and sharing that was done in the Macedonian churches, and that Paul was using this as an example to the Corinthians about what it is to truly be a caring and sharing church, but I think also a caring and sharing person in terms of our relationships that we have with each other. And he acknowledges to the Corinthians all of the different skills that they already have and how they excel in faith and speech and how they excel in knowledge and how they have complete earnestness in their love and they do all these different things. But how are they in terms of their caring and sharing about who they are and what they represent in terms of followers of Jesus Christ? And so the question I need to ask myself and all of us here this morning 
is how do we care? How do we reach out to one another? Do we only care, do we only share things in our lives when we have plenty, when we have an overabundance? The question would be, is that truly caring and sharing when we have an overabundance? I would say to you that it's truly not caring and sharing when we have an overabundance. Because what are we doing? Are we truly caring and sharing what we have? No. We're caring and sharing what we don't need, what we don't want. And there's a difference. And the Apostle Paul points out the fact that the Macedonian church was giving way beyond their means. That they had gone through some trials, that they had gone through some tribulations, that they were struggling. But yet they gave more than what was expected. They gave more than probably most of us would say could or should. They excelled in their giving. And I think as we look at that in terms of people wanting to follow us or people looking to us for leadership or even our own personal lives just being an example of someone that cares for other people, where are we on that standard? Do we only care and share when we have abundance? Or do we care and share when we have very little? And I think when I look and examine my own personal life, what comes to mind is when I saw caring and sharing that was done for me with people that had very little. Because it meant more. Does it not? When you only have one piece of bread and you have to divide that piece of bread with another person, it's costing you something to care and to share. In fact, even those groups that claim to take a vow of poverty, in fact, there was a discussion a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was in, involved with some people and they were having this whole idea about poverty and sharing, and even those groups that take the vow of poverty, those groups know where their next meal is going to come from. So is that truly poverty? And it gave everybody a moment of pause. Because we were talking about the whole idea of caring within our community and sharing different types of community resources and, and what did that actually mean? Now I know I am talking about, in one sense, an extreme view because all of us within our own lives, if we were honestly to examine them, and I must admit, I've honestly examined my life, I probably only care and share when I have an abundance. Because I think that's part of our human nature. We always want to save something. We always want to hold something in reserve. Because there's always that extreme that we live by of the fear of the unknown... And so we want to put something away for a rainy day, okay? 
Now I'm talking, I'm not talking common sense things, I'm talking when we go to the extreme. You know, even those different reality TV shows, you know, The Hoarders, have you seen that? Have you ever watched any of that? I mean, to me, that really truly isn't extreme, but I think it reveals, I think, a lot of times the attitude that we really have on our hearts and our minds. We hold on to everything. And we are, if you will, pack rats, right? You know what a pack rat is? They hold on to everything. But God is telling us, I think, in this portion of Scripture that we are not complete spiritually, even though we have a variety of gifts, a variety of talents, a variety of abilities, unless we can truly care the way that God wants us to care. And the same way that God cared for us by sending His Son Jesus Christ to die for the sins of each and every one of us. The scriptures told us this morning that though he was rich, he became poor for our sake. But how do we do that? How do we truly have an attitude in which when we care for one another, we do so freely? We go the extra mile. And even when we look at the example of Jesus, we kind of struggle with that because obviously he was the Son of God. Obviously we assume that he had some type of supernatural power, but yet he didn't exercise it. And we forget the fact that in his humanness, he truly did allow himself to become poor for our sake. But yet, the scriptures ends and talks about the whole idea of equality and what that represents. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. They're actually saying the same thing. If you think about what it's almost a double speak. And that's what they're saying is equality, is having the same together. But yet we struggle with those things because we like to have things. We live in a world that says you need to have certain things. You need to be respectable. And I understand that. I know that within our own lives we won't be made complete in perfection about how we should be as human beings in terms of how we should treat one another until we get to our final living place in heaven. But in between then and now, we are to go forward and to try to live an example in which we do care and we do share with each other what we have. Because within our own lives, it should be prompted by the grace that God has given us. The generosity that we should have, should look to the grace that God has provided to each and every one of us in our daily lives. And what does that grace mean? A person I was listening to a couple of weeks ago was talking about the fact that in his life, spiritually he has gotten to the place where he can truly say, I don't really care if you found out about all the lies in my life. 
And you could just hear the crowd go, ooh. And so after he got done speaking, many of us went up to him and really wanted to know, what are you talking about when you say, I'm to the point in my life that my maturity and my walk with God has taken me to the place where I don't care if you know about all the lies that I have lived in my life. Now, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of what he said, and of course my interpretation of it. My take on it was that he was basically saying when we get to the point in our lives as we're walking with God, that we can have full exposure. You know, we see that term a lot, you know. You know, we want to have full access to government. We want to have full exposure. We want to have openness. We want to have all that kind of stuff. And what he was saying in my own personal life is I want to be able to have full disclosure to everybody that I come in contact with. In fact, what was really kind of annoying about this guy is he was so comfortable with himself because of who he was that as he would talk to me, he would be getting and inching closer and closer to me. You know what I mean? He would start getting into my personal space. You know, I don't know if you, I don't know where your personal space zone is, but you know, all of us have this little personal space zone, and is when somebody gets into it, we kind of, kind of creep back a little bit because we have this little protective zone. But this guy was so comfortable with himself that he wasn't even aware that he was creeping in to my personal space. In fact, it was getting too close that as he was talking. You know, some of his spit. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying, right? So that's a little bit too close when your saliva is making touches, touching me. But what the example was is he was so comfortable with himself that he was okay doing that because he was just open about who he was as a person. And as I was dialoguing with him, I kept on backing up as he was kept on entering my personal space, and I was trying to drop that down. And, but I think the example there is quite clear. When we look at the caring that God wants us to do in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ, it's to that point where we have total openness with ourselves and with each other. That when we care and when we do the sharing of the things in our lives, we don't care. In other words, we get to that point we're caring and sharing because it's the right thing to do. The openness of doing that is for one purpose only, and that is for us to serve God. It's not about what I can give and get back in return. It's not about a name it, claim it kind of theology. It's just caring and sharing in terms of following the will of God for our lives. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell the Corinthians here. As you have all these abilities, you have all of these things that you can do, but the true measure of who you are as a person, the true measure of who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ, is do you give based on your ability to, to give? And he also makes that very clear as well. And so when we think about the whole idea of caring and sharing for one another, 
It truly is based on what we can do within our own lives. And so there is a standard for us to go by. And each of us cannot judge that standard by how each other gives. But I think we need to look at it in all earnestness to see how we doing on that. Are we really truly giving and caring the things that we should be doing in our lives? Are, are we holding back a little bit for ourselves? There's no judgment here. I'm just saying in all honesty and in all openness, you know, we do that. It's part of who we are as, as a person. And Paul knows that. But are you giving and are you carrying the way in the same way that God has extended the grace to you, that unmerited favor to what Christ has done for us? I don't think the world is, will ever be ready for complete openness in terms of our lives. In other words, for all of us to say, you know what, I don't care if you find out about all the lies in my life. I don't think the world will ever be ready for that. But I think it's an interesting example to ponder in our own lives. Because I know we all have boundaries, okay? And obviously, this guy didn't have any boundaries anymore. But that was okay. But when we think about that, though, I think for our own lives, when we care and when our desire is to help others, is it because we truly want to is it truly because we are eager to help with others? That we are wanting to extend that grace that God has given us? Are we wanting to continue to go forward to completion? Many times within our own lives we have tasks that have been left unfinished. The Apostle Paul is reminding us this morning that as we begin and as we're working through our salvation that God has pr provided to us, as we work through our own spiritual lives in terms of the journey that God has given us, He wants us to see it through completion, to the end. And it is that willingness that willingness that God wants us to have. A couple of weeks ago I was sharing with you just the whole concept of just showing up. It's a reflection of our willingness with one another. It's a reflection of who we are as a person. I must admit that there have been situations in my life where, Lord, I don't want to ever go there again. Did you ever work somewhere where you couldn't just, you couldn't stand, I mean, your stomach would get all koozy, and you didn't want to go to that place again, and I hate this place. I, I know everybody, you know, you, nobody else has feelings like this, right? You know, but you get there, and you, and you show up, right? And then the rest of the day goes okay, right? So, so half the battle is just getting there, right? Just showing up. It's just a willingness on your part and on my part. And that's what we need to do before we can actually even talk about caring, 
even talking about sharing anything in our lives. And it's not just the financial stuff. It's who we are as human beings. We have to show the willingness to do so. That's the first step. It's the willingness to exhibit that caring and that sharing towards others in our lives. The willingness for us to have a goal of equality. Yes, I said that word, equality. And I know it can be defined in different ways. I know it can be measured in different ways. But equal means equal. I can't explain that word any other way. Equal means equal. The same means the same. The scripture verse at the end that we just said together, or that I said and that you listened to, it's saying it differently, but it's saying the same thing. It equals the same. And so when we think about that, when we think about the caring and the sharing, it is something in which we need to examine for ourselves. And then when we look at that, we see that there are so many resources available that we can share about ourselves. And maybe just that smiling acknowledgement of one another might be that encouragement that we give to one another. It might be something that you do for someone else that nobody knows about. Those things that you do in secret for God when you care and share, and, and nobody knows about those things. Those are the things that if you will, helps us spiritually in our journey with God. The caring and sharing that we do that truly shows what our heart is, truly shows that we have examined ourselves and we know that we have a long way to go and that the journey is not complete and we may not even be halfway there yet, but yet we know that we are walking with God by our side and through the grace that God has extended to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, that we too will extend that same grace to each other. Now, when we get done here preaching, we're done with here with the worship service today, please don't get into my personal space, because I'm going to walk back from you. I'm just smiling, because you know what I'm talking about. And I won't get into your personal space either. But I think it's something that we need to consider, that we need to have that openness with God first and foremost. And when God gets into our personal space, things do happen the way that they should. Because when God gets into our personal space, those barriers and those invisible walls that we have come down. And truly, it would be okay for God to get in my personal space, and as he's directing me, I get a little saliva from him. That would be all right. Because what that's saying is, I want you to be in my life so that I can be complete. And I want you to be in my life, God, so as I see your will 
working in my life that I can truly care and share with others the way that you want me to be as your follower of Jesus Christ. So let us make the effort, let us have the willingness, let us show up before God and allow God to work that in our lives. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have given us this wonderful opportunity to remind ourselves that we need to have you in our personal space. And God, forgive us for those many walls that we have put up, that every time you draw near to us, God, we always take steps backwards because we just don't want you to get too close to us. We don't want you to see the lies that are taking place in our lives. Forgive us, God, because you want us to be open to you in all things. And God, we are so thankful that we can take communion together as it represents as one body of believers in Jesus Christ that we have accepted that grace and because we've accepted that grace, we want to follow you and do the things that you've asked us to do. And God, caring is one of those things. And we thank you and we praise you for that. And the public reminder of caring for each other. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen.
For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Gracious God, it is through your strength and through your power that we can only care the way that we should. And God, I would ask that you would just give us that openness of heart, that willingness and that desire to be able to do that. Because God, we know that that is that first step and that you will do the rest as we follow your will. 
And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.